Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Today's scripture reading. Our first passage is from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying in, down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay, and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the, at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Our second reading today is from Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 25 through 32. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. May God bless both the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Well, welcome to the second week of our Influencers Worship Series. See, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on those influencers, who they are, what they do, and how we end up following them and what we can do about it. And we're also going to continue to look into the greatest influencer of all time, Jesus Christ, and how we can not only follow him, but how we can be influencers for others to do the same. 
It's about influencing people to experience the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. This continues to be our heading for the next couple of weeks, and I hope that you're ready to become influencers for the kingdom. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we've come striving to hear your word. And so, God, as we hear scripture and we hear the message that you would have, God, I ask that my words would no longer be mine, but they would be your words and your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we continue this worship series on influence, I want to, influencers, I want to remind you of our definitions, uh, the definitions of this term, because Merriam-Webster defines influence as, as a couple of different things. The power or capacity of causing an effect in indirect or intangible ways, and also the act or power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct exercise of command. Now, if you remember, I said this last week, influence is not a direct act, nor is it a command to do something or to believe something. It is not one person forcing a belief system or any moral behavior onto someone else, but rather a guiding principle or observable behavior that we then desire for ourselves and that we emulate it in our life. This is not just something that others have. Influence is something that we all have, good or bad. Just as you have people that you look up to, you have people that look up to you and want to be like you, to live like you, to work like you. So if we all have influence... How are we using it? How are you using your influence? What is the influence that we are imparting on others? You see, Eli was imparting wisdom onto Samuel. You know, we just heard, uh, we heard just a part of that story this morning as God was calling out to Samuel who didn't understand where the voice was coming from, hadn't heard the voice of God yet. He assumed that it was Eli that was calling him. But after three times, three times, Eli finally realized what was going on and let Samuel know who really was calling him that day. But this is only part of the story. You see, Samuel was the son of Hannah and Elkanah, not the son of Eli. Hannah was having a difficult time getting pregnant and cried out to God. She said that if God would give her a son, she would give him back to the Lord in service. She was praying this at the temple when she encountered Eli, the priest. And after a short conversation, Eli blessed her and proclaimed, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made with him. Well, Samuel was born a short time later, and Hannah kept her promise and brought Samuel to the temple to reside and minister under Eli at that temple. Eli taught Samuel. Eli mentored Samuel. See, our story today comes from those younger years when God calls Samuel into ministry. Out of this guidance from Eli comes the calling to serve. Eli poured himself into Samuel. Maybe, I guess maybe as like a grandfather would a grandson. Through this wisdom and guidance of not only Eli, but also the calling of God, Samuel goes on to do great things. And if you don't remember, it includes anointing King David. 
the younger generation have a great deal of importance in the history of Christianity and the history of the world. We are constantly reminded of what we are handing down to future generations. And such, since this is such an important part of the world, maybe we should be asking the big questions. What are we actually handing down? What are we teaching? Like Eli teaching Samuel, what are we teaching? Are we actually teaching or are we leaving that up to somebody else? I mean, while much of this topic of of building up others is focused on our relationship with, with those around us, I don't think we focus enough on our relationships with the younger generations and, more importantly, the kids in our lives. We just don't talk much about that in the life of the church. Kids, kids are incredibly important in the life of the church and society. Now, please hear me clearly on this. They are not important because we desire them to keep the church running long after we're gone. The importance comes from how they will lead and guide this world through the church as they grow up. That is why it is so important for us to be those guiding forces, those mentors and friends that they can look up to. Remember that that I said that we all have influence? We are all influencers. This means that we are influencing even if we don't realize it. Kids look up to you. Kids look up to you. And what they see will be what they emulate. Do you want them just like you? And I hope that answer is yes. (laughs) But if not, what do you need to change so that it will be a life worth living up to? What needs to change? The older generation guiding the younger generation is nothing new. In some cultures, it is absolutely celebrated. It is absolutely crucial. Andy can speak to this. Within the Native American culture, it is a central theme. When an elder speaks, it is absolutely disrespectful to not listen. There is wisdom that comes from the mouths of the elders. Certainly, we all know this as well. It's a a theme that's repeated over and over again. We experience this in our families as grandparents share knowledge and wisdom with their grandkids. We also see this in much of our storytelling Hollywood has done a fantastic job of including these relationships within movies and within shows. And I think we have, actually, Dave mentioned superheroes. We have that superhero capability of of forgiveness. Well, if we take a look at some of our superheroes, I think we can see this. Batman was mentored by Alfred. Many times there would be a question that Batman had and Alfred would would offer keen insights maybe that, that Bruce Wayne didn't think of. Marvel's Spider-Man was not only young but also immature when he first began training with Iron Man. He wasn't ready for all the gadgets that were built into his suit. It took some time of teaching and guiding from Iron Man for him to be ready when he needed But what about other stories? How about Harry Potter? Because Harry Potter journeyed without his parents, but with the guidance of Dumbledore, 
It was the one that he looked up to, the one that he wanted to have by his side when things went wrong, the one he wanted to gain as much knowledge from as he could. Dumbledore was his mentor. Or maybe you like the other side of Disney and Moana, because Moana had her grandmother. She awakened a spirit within Moana and even encouraged her when things didn't go so well. Another one I remember watching as I grew up was a young boy who found himself in a new town with no friends. He got into a little trouble with some kids at school who were bullying him and decided to be trained in karate. Daniel LaRusso becomes a student or a mentee of Mr. Miyagi. So much wisdom was imparted to Daniel about life, not just about karate. For many kids growing up in the 70s and the 80s, maybe even further than that, Fred Rogers was probably the first online mentor. His teachings came through media, through that wonderful show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You might remember we did a whole sermon series about Mr. Rogers a year or so ago. He taught about life, death, Grief, sorrow, pain, joy, and celebration. He guided so many people through difficulties in their lives, and some of them weren't so young at the time. Millions of kids learned what it meant to be a good human being through Mr. Rogers. And so when you reflect back on your life, do you recognize who it was that had that kind of influence in your life? Did you have an Alfred or an Iron Man? What about a a Dumbledore or a Mr. Miyagi? Maybe you had a Mr. Rogers. Or maybe it truly was Mr. Rogers. I asked all of you on, on social media about those people who influenced you, and so I wanted to share with you a couple of those responses. Janina said it was her mom. And even shared that she actually had a conversation with a childhood friend who said the same thing about Janina's mom and the influence that she had on them. Jenny Graycheck mentioned her grandma Gibson and her Aunt Marilyn. Terry Rosenberg said her, her grandmother. And Carol Burris also said her grandmother. My mom said that it was her mother-in-law, and I agree because that's my grandmother, Mary, had a huge influence on my life as well as hers. Jill LaFerl mentioned Trudy Wise as a major influencer in her life. While many of us think about our relatives like parents or grandparents, I think, the, I think about the influence that many members of my church family have had on me. And I could probably ask and get many responses from from all of you about those influencers in your church community. Chuck could tell us about influencers at Grace, UMC. I'm sure Betty could tell us about some influencers over at Wesley. Ted could probably enlighten us on some influencers in Epworth. And I wonder if Margot might be able to share influencers from Good Shepherd. Of course, then I'd, I would certainly have to ask Kimberly about influencers of Journey of Hope. We're all shaped by the people 
that we are around. We are influenced by the actions of all of those people that we look up to. Again, what is the influence that you are presenting? Is it something that's good or something that you're not very proud of? Building up others can certainly mean our relationships with our peers and coworkers and friends and family, but I think we really need to focus on that specific kind of relationship for this theme. How are we building up the next generation? Are we offering a good influence for them to follow? If we look to the greatest influencer of all time, Jesus Christ, we do find a pattern to follow. Remember that Jesus said, let the children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to them. Jesus never turned away a child. He wanted to be surrounded by them, to teach them, to guide them, to love them, and to offer them a vision of what life could really be like. Jesus was also very protective about the youngest in our society. He once said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and drowned to the depths of the sea. Strong words from Jesus. He wasn't playing around. Kids are important and no one was going to get between Jesus and the little ones. Can I just say that kids will always be welcome? Will always be welcome in life, in society, in this church. Kids are always welcome, especially, especially in worship. Now, I've heard stories, I've been around church enough that I've heard stories of congregation members upon hearing kids' voices of laughter or crying and would try to shh reminding them that there's a nursery in the back, a cry room around the corner. Now, don't misunderstand me. If the, the, the desire of the parent is that they would love to take them to the nursery, wonderful. But I don't think they should ever feel pressured into doing that. Worship is a time for everyone. And it's wonderful to hear the voices of children. Our time together should be a time of learning and guiding and influencing and loving all people. After all, we do take vows during baptism. It states that we will help and guide the children as they grow, not to send them off to another room. We need to be building them up, building them up and influencing in them and encouraging them. You know, after hearing so many stories about how the older generation has formed many of you into the people that you are today, how can we not pass that influence on to the younger generations? We must build each other up. We must remind everyone of how much God loves them. Mentor them in their faith. Truly take your baptism vows seriously. Let's be mentors for our younger generations. Be an Alfred. Be an Iron Man. Be a Dumbledore. Be a Mr. Miyagi. Or maybe be a Fred Rogers. Who are you going to build up today? And are you willing to answer the call when it comes, even in the middle of the night like it came to Samuel? Will you be ready to respond, here I am, Lord. Send me. Will you pray with me? Loving God, sometimes we hear messages that... Uh, that come with a deep challenge. 
You'll hear messages that come that, that require us to, to put ourselves out on the line, to commit ourselves to something bigger than just our lives. And so, God, I ask that you would inspire us to become superheroes, that you would inspire us to become these influencers for the younger generations, that we may truly build them up and encourage them and influence them in, in good and moral and Christian ways. Allow us to be a beacon of light for them to follow. All this we ask. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every time we come to worship, every time we worship wherever we may be, we come expecting to encounter the living Lord. And so I have a feeling that, that for some of us this morning, we have encountered God. Because we've encountered God in many ways, but maybe it was through a calling to say, I need you to mentor this person or to mentor that person. And I wonder if you have that name in your head. And if you were called to, to reach out to them to do so. But, but also if you were just called by God to do so many other things that, that you would respond with, Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go. If you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. Amen. Go and serve the Lord in everything that you do. And may you go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.